What's up, everybody? This is Joe. Just wanted to give you a heads up that Sam and I recorded this podcast inside a massive empty grain silo. So if you hear echo, that's why. No, I'm just kidding. But it does sound echoey. Uh, We're working with some new hardware and we're still trying to figure some things out. So this was a bit of a test run for us and the audio quality is not great. Just wanted to let you guys know off the bat and uh, let's get right into the show. Today looking for Garza backside and in for the first goal in Atlanta United history from Yamil Assad. Take a look at history. Hi all, five sharp final. JCM Jones from Dirty South Soccer and the mothership Joe Patrick from Dirty South Soccer. And the mothership and uh ninety two nine game and pretty much anywhere else you want to be is over there. Say hey Joe. Hey Sam, how's it going? It's been a long time since we've spoken. Has it? It's been like what? A week or something like that? Okay, maybe yeah. It's been a little longer than a week, but there's and just nothing people, to talk about. I feel like exactly. we're forcing this conversation because we just need we to talk. We just like we have to have our time together. And have you ever have you ever been in a group of people and you're left with the one person who you don't really talk to that much, right? What are you getting at? What? <laughs> what? Okay, <laughs> this is not directed at you necessarily. I'm just saying that when you, when that happens. There is an air of you have to talk about something, right? You right. have to say something in that moment to acknowledge the other person's existence, I guess. Otherwise, you're just awkwardly sitting around the fondue pot or something at your friend's house. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it happens in elevators all the time, right? Like you, uh, everyone exits the elevator except for like you and one other person. You've got like 10 floors to go. And you... you're, an, you're an elevator talker? Well, I try not to be, but if it's like someone that you vaguely know, then it's uh, you know, it's a yeah. bit awkward. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Luckily, we're great friends, Joe. This is going to go seamlessly. Um, what do you want to talk about, man? This is this is uh, it's been extremely quiet. Uh, it's kind of what we expected. I don't think we were necessarily re- as prepared for it as we probably should have been. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, it has definitely been your your crazy. contentness has like saved Dirty South Soccer. This well, month, I don't want to say that, but that was honestly the kick ass role may have be maybe like the breakout story of December 2019. The, the star, really, people lining up to pay huge transfers, transfer fees for the kick ass role. Um, I forget the name of the person that won that, but congrats to them. <laughs> we actually, um, as soon as we did the giveaway on the kick ass role, we informed the person that they had won, but also that it was Etsy and it may take forever because it's Etsy. Um, and as soon as we were about to uh, get them the kick roll itself, the Etsy thing closed down its shop because there had been too many orders. It will reopen in January. Really? Uh, the person will not get their kick roll in time for Christmas, but they were very gracious about it. Uh, we we told them that we would we would sacrifice our lives to get them that casserole as soon as the Etsy shop actually opened back up. <laughs> uh, so with the delayed transfer there, we're still working out some of the uh, the kinks and the fees and everything like that. But uh, 
for the Kikastral transfer. The pass is on. The I was dis- on. I, I was disappointed to learn that it was like uh you know some highly um uh it it was a, like a you know just like a manufactured thing yeah. by some company that puts sticks sports logos on the, on the Kikastrals of all kinds. I was always imagining some like you know retiree older guy like making handcrafting these in his garage. Yeah, no, not uh, not that fancy, not that fancy. It's it's a, it's the large chain disguised as a mom and pop, <laughs> and it, it's kind of upsetting, honestly. But uh, one of the big winners uh, of Content Mist. I do want to brag on Content Mist just a little bit, if I could, because Please today go ahead. anything each, to burn up time here. <laughs> we are paid by the minute. Uh, I think Fox. <laughs> um, we reached our, our second goal. We had an original goal of uh, $1,717. I couldn't figure out how to say that. Uh, we reached that pretty quickly. It was probably like four days or something like that. We're now on day That's incredible. 16 of uh, Content Miss. I can't remember what day it is. Uh, yeah, day 16 of, of Content Miss. Uh, we have raised as of 530 on... I believe it's Monday the day. I'm not sure. Not having school going on is, is really freaking me out. But today, December 16th, uh, we have raised $3,511 for Fuji's family. Um, that's pretty damn incredible. That's amazing. Um, we're getting close. We're getting close to uh, to breaking uh, our other fundraising best, which I think was uh, we ended up with like 4017 for the Lorenowitz tattoo way back when all those years ago, back in our younger Halcyon <laughs> days, um, we ended up raising uh, about 2000, I think for the, uh, the big wing off way back when That's right. as well, mm-hmm. Paris and uh, San Franco. Uh, but now we're, we're three, five, 11 and uh, there's still nine whole days of content that's left kind of sort of, even though I'm cheating on the last couple days and uh, yeah, Pretty, pretty incredible. So thank y'all to anyone who's listening who, who donated. Y'all can still go donate the uh, the list. The link, I mean, is up pretty much everywhere on the Dirty South Soccer Twitter. Of course, every single piece of, of content for contentness we've made uh, has gone up with a link on as well. Multiple links to the GoFundMe. Um, so we're not going to stop here. But if we did stop here, it would be pretty damn impressive in its own right. Uh, thank y'all very, very much for, for doing that. Yeah, I echo those sentiments. Thank you, everybody. It's it's always amazing to me whenever we do something like this to just see the response that we almost always seem to get. Like we've never really had a disappointing fundraising campaign. So right, it's been oh. it's really just like it makes you feel a little bit more human to like see all the money coming in and be able to you know give that to Fuji's or um, whoever we're we're raising money for. It's just a it's amazing to see. It's awesome. I mean, I may have, I will admit that I was a little bit nervous at the beginning, like the first day, I think it was, <laughs> and like nothing was kind of coming in. Uh, but after, after the dam broke a little bit, right? Like the first one came in and then, and then it really picked up. I think we reached a thousand dollars pretty quickly after that. So yeah, incredible. Thank y'all again. Um, this is what our kind of goal is, I think with SB Nation, like it, we know we're not going to make livings off of it right this is not like our job we're like volunteers most of the time and everything like that we're Mm -hmm. not gonna make a ton of money ourselves but this is kind of the workaround 
for for us is to be able to do things like this in the community and stuff like that. So, you know, that's that's the benefit of, of being involved with with SB Nation, even though uh, sometimes they uh, don't take care of the writers in the same <laughs> way. Long story. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, th- that's our workaround. That's the way we're making this happen. So thank you all for supporting that and, and making doing dumb stuff like this worth it. Yeah. I will say. I will say we, we hadn't tested the limits of of content blogging on the site like we have before. And I will say that we have officially found out that day 20 is the day where you officially run out of ideas. So, I, anyway, I had a, I had a chuckle the other day when I was uh, when I was jumping into the site to post a story and I could just see Sam's articles, your articles just lined <laughs> up, scheduled, scheduled the post over the next like six, seven days. I had a very similar moment the other day. It was it was kind of overwhelming to see all of it kind of stacked up at once. Um, but uh, we're close. I can I've got to get three more in, and then I am officially calling it on contentness. Uh, but we'll have a big blowout last kind of day on like the twenty third, I think it is, Ooh, uh, where we fun. just do, yeah, where we just really try to push the the fundraiser one more time, and then we'll let everybody enjoy their holiday and, and celebrate our accomplishment and. and you never know. You never know who might pop up in these things and who might end up donating to it and everything like that. We've had some pretty incredible people get involved in the past as far as donations go at the very end of things. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying I know anything because I don't, but I'm just going off the past assumptions where we've had certain people come in and match. Uh, so we'll see just how high uh, we can get this fundraiser at the end. But uh, again, thanks to y'all. I like you applying that pressure, Sam. That's pretty good. Do what I can. Hey, you I know what it. else is not quite as great as people donating to Contentmas, but nearly as great Our is uh, is Kevin Egan and Dan Gargan and Julian Sakovitz are going to be back for like oh, several yeah. more years. Seven, yeah, what it, the I believe it runs through twenty twenty one. Am I right in saying twenty 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 two, which is the same time when the national TV deal ends. Ah, um, and it, yeah. it was interesting. It, 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 it did perfectly line up with something that uh, the athletic had reported earlier this year from, a, uh, they had got a cop, their hands on a copy of a consulting, um, <laughs> some, some consulting, ser- uh, service results. So that stated in that report, they said that, you know, teams or the league would tell teams not to have their local deals run past that national date of 2022. So this lines right up with that, but you know, I just love it for the fans here. I mean, these three and especially, I, I would especially say Egan, cause he's kind of the one who's kind of the head. He's like the kind of the host of these three. And just the fact that these three have been together for almost since the inception of the club, you know, there was there was a dark period at the very beginning, but we can try to forget that as mu- as much as we can. Um, I'm just really happy that everyone because everybody loves these three. Like, I don't hear any kind of quibble about it. I think there are some quibbles about the production side of uh, Fox Sports South and Fox Sports Southeast, um, right. but I think it's to be expected because they're just starting to get into soccer for the first time. You know, in terms of actually putting on a live production of it and. As a amateur podcaster, I can tell you how difficult it is just to get me and Sam hooked up on a uh, on a line wow. where we sound halfway decent. So um, I think that will just get better and better over time. And I think as the production gets better, those three will just continue to shine. So I'm really happy to that. That was probably the best news that we've received so far this uh, postseason or this off season. 
it is an extremely genuine group of people. And I will say that my own personal biases kind of predispose me towards being a little negative towards TV people at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will say that this group is extremely, extremely genuine and extremely uh, kind uh, in any interactions you kind of have with them and very gracious in those interactions you have with them. Um, and so it's really a joy just on that level to to talk to them whenever we do get a chance. Um, talk to Jill a couple of times for the site, of course, and uh, you and Kevin interact pretty regularly just about. Um, even come up with nicknames together. Uh, <laughs> and, and we catch each other when we can uh, up in the press box. Um, on top of that, they're, they're good at their job. Um, and you can tell that immediately, immediately, as soon as you start looking at other clubs and start seeing what they produce on a regular basis, just, just go watch oh the Isles games and then listen to uh, Tommy Smith up in Philadelphia. Uh, start saying things like dupes one into the old onion bag. And that's when you kind of look at yourself and go, oh, this is why this is failing elsewhere, right? <laughs> this is why not working. Uh, so it's a little different there, right? Um, yeah. But to have, to have Kevin and Jill and, and Dan there is pretty awesome, especially because you can tell that they care about the club, they care about the city, and, the, and they care about putting on a good product even uh, with some of the difficulties that arise from that. You're right. It'll only get better. And we're glad to have them. Yeah. Uh, especially because I, I think one thing that people really kind of need to understand about MLS too, is that it is, is really a, a very hyper localized kind of game. It's never going to be the NFL where everyone watches the same game every week like that. It really kind of has to come from a community level. It's very much like baseball in the sense that everyone kind of follows their own team and it kind of like has a peripheral eye on what's going on around the league elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And I think the way you kind of grow that community connection is, is having that kind of steadiness and having a good product to show every time uh, you do come on these regional networks. And so to have that is good for the game and good for us. Yeah, for sure. And I think that they'll just continue to kind of, um, kind of, you know, make put some roots down in the city. And I know Kevin Egan has recently moved to Atlanta and I, I, you know, it's not that the other two, I expect them to do that or anything, but I think that we'll just see them become more and more involved in things going on in the city on game weekends. I, I asked Kevin if he was going to, if they were going to be doing any more, uh, pregame workouts, he and Gargan in Centennial Park. So I just got the biggest kick out of that when they did that last year. I thought it was hilarious. And, uh, he was like, well, I'm in Roswell now, so I might have to drag his ass up here. Uh, to, to get our workouts in, but I think that we'll be able to expect a lot more of those kinds of, you know, social media shenanigans and stuff that they get into um, outside of just broadcasting the games. So um, very, very happy. It was, that was that was great news. A little bit. It, it was it was probably better news than hearing that uh, Emerson Heinemann had been resigned on a permanent transfer. Like not nothing against. Like I love Emerson, but like. Nah, that's like that's it. like the second biggest news maybe that we've had this off season, and it's something that we all knew was coming. Like we, you know, that's how boring this off season has been. Yeah, it's been bad. I, I do want to add one more thing. We didn't even touch on Dan, uh, and, and maybe my biggest discovery of the off season from a journalistic perspective. Right, I've never been the breaking news guy, but <laughs> to find out that Dan and Jeff Florence played on the same high school team together, big moment. Big moment in the life of my offseason. I, I had no idea. Uh, so there you go. Here's your, here's your fun fact of the day. 
Yeah, we might need to uh, see if we can get a uh, like a double feature uh, interview with them at some point this year. That would be fun. Be amazing. Be amazing. We'll have to do that. We'll have to do that for sure. For sure. Um, you did kind of touch on it. There were some small things that have happened. Uh, Emerson Hyman uh, comes over on a permanent transfer, and obviously, I think that was pretty pretty clear to everyone involved. That was something that was in the cards for Frank and everyone else at Atlanta United. Uh, can, can I, can I say something real quick about this? I was a little, not perturbed, but I thought it was a little much, uh, you know, Darren Eels always likes to play up the signings and do the little, uh, you know, the wordplay or the mystery before. And I don't know. For this one, I felt like it was like trying way too hard for the Emerson Hyman one. Not not on his part, like with the actual mystery, the little thing he put out on Twitter or whatever. But um, <laughs> this just shows like how grumpy I am this offseason with the <laughs> lack of movement that I was just like, Ugh, I don't need any of these for Emerson. Like, I don't know. I just felt it was always. I always felt uh, looked at him as a player that was here permanently. Like, I just wouldn't have thought that the team would have done a loan, a short-term loan, and not had an eye to, to re-up him. He might also be bored. I'm going to give him <laughs> that. Is, okay, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to give him a bit, especially because I got it right. <laughs> and nope. I would like to inform everyone that this offseason, I have been immediately right both times. Both times it's happened. I can back uh, that. One at a time. I can back you up on that. Sam, you were all over that. And I that one when you were all over that was that being the picture that he put out being the original picture of like the Portsmouth Bay or whatever <laughs> whatever the hell it is right um, like oh, so I, much, that so was much. truly when you when you mentioned it in our writers room that was the first time I had not seen it anywhere on Twitter or anything so I think you were the first one in the his, in in the world to uh, to understand me and Darren have that connection now. Yeah, and that's a nice thing to have. You know, we just have that telepathic connection on, on a deeper level. And you see it on the field sometimes where people don't realize that it happens is in the content room. And sometimes people just, just have that similar vein, similar, similar thoughts, similar ideas, similar brains. Um, so nailed that one. I nailed the other one as well very quickly, although I think a lot of people caught on to that one too. Uh, but uh, John Lennon's son comes in this name to this team what's his name brooks lennon yeah that's what i thought it was i originally like i think i my brain went aaron lennon for a second <laughs> yes <laughs> i was like wait no brooks brooks lennon that's right uh so i mean aaron lennon see, could have happened like it's possible <laughs> I, when, I when i when you said that i was like aaron lennon okay oh wait yeah who's he playing i think he's playing for uh burnley or something Yes, something like that. Former Tottenham legend. Who holds Former a special Tottenham. place in my heart. FIFA legend. He was very quick on that game for like two years. Oh, yeah. I always picked him up. He yeah. set up Peter Crouch for a uh, a goal that won the Champions League the round of 16 against uh, AC Milan. Oh, wow. I always remember it. Big times, big times. But anyway, we, we pick up the other women. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, some people immediately went, Gressel's gone. I was not convinced of that, but maybe. <laughs> yeah, I'm not not thinking about that, but I'm not, you know. Yeah, it was like one of those things where he could be a Gressel replacement, 
but I don't think he is. I think it actually makes a lot of sense to sign somebody that is similar to him in that role because in the role that Julian Gressel plays, it's very difficult physically to to be able to play game in, game out because that his position does just about the most running of any position on the field. So it makes sense to have another guy that's a similar profile that you can just kind of swap in and out on in that right wing back, right back, right wing, that just that right sided role where you're going to get a consistent style game in, game out. I wouldn't say that that's necessarily great in a place like the midfield where you want to have very different styles of players and have very defined roles uh, throughout midfield. But I think when you're looking at those positions on the flanks, you want players, especially the midfielders, to kind of know where some of those players are going to be positioned. And then I also think just with a guy like Russell and Lennon, those guys can pick up things from one another in their games. And I think it will um, be a help to both of them. And that, again, that's assuming Russell's back. I I have full confidence that he will be back. Well, not not full confidence. I have confidence that he will be back, though. What are the odds we see like a NFL style training camp hold out from Julian? It's possible. I mean, like that was kind of Teoto football had a great piece on this that ran. It was probably one of our like most controversial, but also some of the the piece that generated some of the most discussion. I thought it was good discussion, even with people that I kind of disagreed with over um, over the article that he wrote. And it was kind of about what Julian Gressel needs to be prepared to do in order to, if he really wants to get paid the way he feels he should be getting paid. And also it's just kind of about the, the incentive structure in MLS being completely out of whack where a player like Gressel cannot really rise the pace, the pay scale in this league, if you start if you start at the bottom, which is where Julian Gressel started as a draftee, that's not a generation Adidas player. It becomes very very difficult um, because you're kind of you're kind of like um, you're boxed in to these wages that you can you can earn, and you can only increase your amounts by so much every year and things like that. So um, if you haven't checked it out, I'm sure everybody that's listening to this has probably seen it or come across it, but. Uh, wanted to give Teodal Football a shout out for that because it was a really great article, and I think that Julian, like he has to be kind of willing to go to Germany uh, or leave MLS. I think that's going to be his biggest negotiating leverage, not so much like going to another team because I don't think that that's the issue. Uh, another team in MLS, I should say, but um, you know, it's tough because I think if he leaves the country, I am pretty sure that he would basically forego any chance he would have to make the U.S. men's national team because he needs to maintain permanent residency in the country through the duration of this like six-year process or however, four years or however however long it takes for him to gain his citizenship. So, right. um, so it's a tough choice that he has to make. What are your thoughts? I, I made my thoughts on the whole thing very clear, I think, when I wrote my Julian Gressel contract piece. Um, which very simply was looking at Gressel's contract and his guaranteed compensation of, I'm looking at it right now, 102,000, probably 133,000, and comparing it to some names also on the list provided by the Players Union, etc., of uh, guaranteed compensation for MLS players, and seeing names like Lawless Abubakar, and David Akam, and Kellen Acosta, and Luciana Acosta, and Brian Acosta, 
and then Mo Adams, and then Fernando Addy, and then Elianon. And this was just the A's where I was going through and seeing that there were a lot of people in MLS making way more money than Julian Gressel, who uh, should definitely not be making more money than Julian Gressel. I mean, Gressel, um, is, I, would, I would venture to guess he's probably in the bottom 25% of earners in MLS. Oh, he'd have to be. I mean, again, I was just like going through the first letter of the alphabet, and <laughs> it was hard to find anyone making less, legitimately. Yeah, I mean, the Which only is- I think the only players that would really be making less would be rookies or homegrown players. You know, like very, very unproven players, and it's just crazy to think that he's making that little when he has been arguably the most productive player in MLS over the last couple of years. I mean, Joseph Martinez has obviously scored all the goals here and has gotten a lot of the, you know, a, a ton of credit and rightfully so, but I don't think he'd be near the, near the player or at least have the production that he's put up over these last couple of years without Julian Gressel. And I know at one point late in the season, um, the Atlanta United game notes stated that, you know, only four other players had more assists than Julian Gressel since he entered the league, which is yep. just insane. He's just been incredibly productive, and it's almost productive like painful that he's getting paid so little. Productive and consistent, uh, and uh, you may have mentioned it, but he, he's played as many games as just about anybody for Atlanta United. Maybe the most is it? I think he's like tied with LGP or something like that. We yeah, definitely looked. At I think he's day. tied for third most. I want to say. Or no no okay. no I'm sorry he has the most caps he he has the most it, it's Gressel and then Lorenowitz and then uh, something like that I don't know Gressel has the most more than yeah. Guzan because Guzan came in like halfway through yeah, the first crazy. season yeah that's crazy it's just absurd um, so I, my personal thoughts are they're going to get it done I don't think he's going to get shipped out Brooklyn or not you know yeah I, it just seems it seems very against the mo of this club to to not at least explore every available option to, to make sure that they're taking player care of, of players who not only produce, but the fans seem to care about. Um, which is why, you know, you keep seeing Jeff Lernowitz come back, right? Yeah, right. And the, the thing with Gressel, I'm sure at, I'm, I'm sure there are fans out there that are like, why is it bad? This is great. We're getting all this production and he's on this little amount, you know, um, that's great, like production per dollar in a salary capped environment. And I totally agree with that. Like, like it is great for Atlanta United and it's the reason Atlanta United won an MLS cup. And it's the reason why they've been so good these last couple of years is that they've had players like Russell. And I would even throw Nagby into this boat, into this bucket in terms of the, the quality of player you have for the amount you're spending within the, within the construct of a salary cap is fantastic, but what this the reason why it's kind of icky or gross or whatever to think this way is because ideally you want the players to be happy and you want you you want to be able to create a meritocracy where they can improve their career within the club and feel like they see their future at the club forever, theoretically. And I know that a lot of these players, you know, MLS isn't the top league, so if they want to grow to their highest potential, you know, maybe they'll eventually leave the club. But I'm talking like you want to be able to see them uh, grow both in their production, their 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 professionalism and their pay 
all kind of together. And you see that if you followed an English club, you know, it's like or or uh, any club around the world, you know, you see a guy come out of the academy, get his first professional contract. And then he works hard. He works hard. He gets into teams. He starts scoring some goals, you know, here and there. And he gets a new contract like a, a year or two later. He, you know, he might not even be close to the end of it, but he's getting paid, uh, you know, correlating with the production that he's giving the team. And that just builds and builds and builds. And that's how he builds his value. And in MLS, that's just not possible. The The, the rules are not set up that way. And so you have to feel like you're in an exploitative situation instead of a situation where you feel like um, it's almost, it's almost like zero sum instead of like something where everybody can be happy. Which is disappointing, but well, we'll see. I mean, we'll see how the CBA shapes up, uh, shakes out. I mean, I don't think the salary cap won't be going away or anything, but hopefully it will give some of these players more freedom within the construct of the salary cap to kind of, I don't know, for for the incentives to align uh, a little bit better and for these players to, you know, see bigger futures for themselves and for themselves in MLS. So I will say something I haven't thought about and something that kind of fits in a conversation we have in college football a lot. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, where we already reached college football. It only took us like 40 minutes. But you talk about not playing players, not paying players, excuse me, and you look at the coaches' salaries and go, wait a second, right? Like there's a big difference there. Um, you can look at, I think, and stop me if this is insanity because this just came to me, but you can look at Charlotte paying a $325 million expansion fee, right? Just the expansion fee to join the league and probably have a pretty good bargaining chip for expanding the salary cap and charter flights and everything like that. It's really interesting to me that they decided to announce that at the time they did CBA negotiations coming up and everything like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that that will be brought up. It seems to me like the league kind of needs these expansion fees to kind of like... (laughs) keep themselves afloat to an extent or keep themselves at least financially viable. This is yeah. just kind of speculation on my part, but uh, these fees are just, are escalating, which means the value of the league is growing. Um, but I don't know if it's all built. It, it, it's, it's clearly not all there yet. I mean, this new, this next TV deal they hit in 2022 is going to be huge because the TV deals always kind of set a barometer for where a league is at where the networks kind of value the league in terms of how much pull it gets from the public. So I think that the, those expansion fees, like you, like you mentioned, are, are, are a good barometer of that because it shows that, you know, someone like this Panthers owner, he sees value in a $300 million plus. Like it's like, it's like when you, uh, um, buy into like a golf club or something, you know, you, you pay like the down fee membership and then you've got your monthly dues or whatever, but it's like he sees value in, in that. So that's good. That I think that shows that the league's value is growing. And I think that, yeah, I think you're exactly right that the players should try to leverage that as much as they can in these negotiations. Well, we'll see how it turns out for, for everyone involved and hopefully it'll go down quickly so we can figure out 
what the hell to write about, especially after the content this ends. We <laughs> just sitting around looking at each other, but uh, we'll figure it out. Uh, a we couple do of quick to hit on. What's that? Well, we we also have a uh, got a tricky draw in the uh, in the Concacaf Champions League. Always, That's right. a, always a trick. Always a tough place to go. Always a tricky. Yeah, we having having researched the team we're playing deeply, whose name I definitely <laughs> remember right now. I can definitely say high elevation, tough place to play. Uh, probably in a different country than America. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely going to be. You never know. You can always slip up in a game like that against that team. <laughs> Agree. Yo, I really can't remember their name. I'm sure it's tough. Wait, look, don't don't go on Twitter or the internet or anything like that and start just spouting off shit about how <laughs> you know exactly this team's play style and how you think their 19-year-old like left back is, is really up and coming because you saw him pop up on Transfer Market one time when you typed in the wrong name because you don't know how to spell correctly. Don't come here with that shit. Just be like, look, this is going to be weird. It's it's Concacaf. It's early in the season. I assume they're probably okay at soccer because they're in this competition in the first place. Don't don't act like you're an expert. And that goes for not just you, random internet contenter, you you superhuman you. Uh, that also goes for paid contenters and people who write for a living and other things like that. Just. Just admit you don't you don't really know you don't really know we're not gonna pretend you guys shouldn't either yeah it, that reminds me of what you what you mentioned I cannot wait to see the uh, transfer market uh, team comparisons of uh, you know Atlanta United is worth one hundred and fifty three million dollars on transfer on the players transfer fees on transfer market versus whatever it is I don't know I I have a, I have a really um, I dislike transfer market not because yeah. i actually do I mean, use it I, I use it from time to time for research but I, I i dislike it because of how religiously people take it i feel yeah i mean it, they could put any number in there and you'd be like yeah okay sure <laughs> yeah because right. what, what do you have to judge it against nothing right same with like same with like the who scored rating right like yeah don't get me started on the 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 (laughs) algorithms on the computers that are spitting out player performances exactly exactly they they can base that on literally anything you would never know never wake up sheeple wake up there is literally an algorithm of like two tackles one one assist you know like x amount of shots on goal like all this stuff gets thrown into a gets thrown into a math equation and a number gets spit out. It's just, yeah. It's very silly. Don't, don't buy into it. Don't get caught in the trap. Every game in the CCL is tricky. Um, hey. I, I will give some leeway to the, to the Liga MX teams and stuff like that because people do follow those closely. And obviously you can watch those teams pretty easily. You actually do have a frame of reference. But uh, don't, don't bullshit us. We know you don't know. Speaking don't of lie. not bullshitting, we cannot get out of here without mentioning that um, there are reports that Gremio is, has renewed their interest in Pitti Martinez after reportedly trying to get him in on loan during the season last year. Now, when we were on our conference call with Carlos Bocanegra, um, what was that, a couple, two or three weeks ago, yep. he was very adamant when asked if Pitti Martinez would be sold. 
if if he would be sold, and he said no, or I, I forget exactly what the question and stuff was, but he was very adamant, like definitely be playing for Atlanta United next year. And I've already gotten a lot of shit for this for saying that I thought he had for <laughs> agreeing with Rob Usry in a in a post saying I thought there was about an eighty percent chance that he was not with Atlanta United next year. Sam, what are the chances you give on Pitti Martinez being playing for Atlanta United? I'm not going to, let's say, well, yeah. What, what do you think the chances are of him uh, still being here next year for the full I'm gonna, season? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put myself out there. I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to say 50%. <laughs> oh, okay. Because who the hell knows? I don't know. And, 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 I, I will say, I will say that it's not, look, you, you can't take Carlos's gospel. You can't, right? You can't take the fact that he's been in a lot of team promotions lately as gospel. I mean, and this is a thing that happens pretty much everywhere in sports where you will, you will see a player in a team promotion one day and then they'll be traded immediately just because a different offer comes along. Yeah. It, it very much may not have been in their plans at all to get rid of PT this year, this, this, um, I almost said semester, this offseason. Um, and that can be true at the time. That can totally be true, and we shouldn't bash them for anything like that for saying that, you know, this is not in our plans at this time. He definitely will be here uh, because things change. It's just how things work. Um, it, but it's not their own possibility. It's not. If, if Grimio does have the right offer, um, I, it could happen. I, I think what I've seen from a few people, though, is that they would probably have to break the league transfer record. Yeah, probably. There. Um, it, there just aren't a lot of funds in the league and with Grimio, uh, even though they're one of the top teams in that league. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Um, I don't think Atlanta is quite ready to, to take a loss on PT yet is the feeling that I get. So if it's anything less than we brought him in, I don't think it's going to happen. But uh, you never know. You never know. So 50%. How about that? How do you like that? Really sticking your the- neck out there. Really sticking uh-huh. your neck out there. Tough 50%. Draw. Tough draw. I I'm glad you brought up the social media thing with Pity about him like being put plastered plastered all over the Twitter or whatever. I fe- I feel personally attacked, Sam. I, okay. I, I feel like it started right. I, I feel like that <laughs> that whole campaign started up right after uh, right after that article that uh, me and Robin put out. Yeah. But uh, I I, ha- I half joke, but it was like we can agree that that was a concerted campaign right that Very may true. still be ongoing too that's not a bad thing it's not a bad no it's thing not a bad be, thing at all right we're not bashing it it's just saying that's exactly what it was we're calling a what is it call a duck a duck or a horse a horse or something like that yeah um you know um uh, <laughs> that I, made sense i also want to state that um whether he stays whether he's here or not here next year it doesn't matter to me. Like, I just think, and I still think, I, I would probably come down off the 80% now because we there's, we've, I've had information, especially, you know, speaking to Carlos, that kind of thing, um, that has happened since then. I still think it's very likely that he leaves, and that's not me saying I want him to leave or anything. I'm just saying that that's what I think is going to happen. I think that the club's in a tricky situation here this offseason uh, where... In the last couple, or I guess every season, every every off season that this team has had, they've basically had room to go out and get a designated player to bring in. And right now, 
they don't appear to have that ability, that that gap in the roster. Now that could change based on the next CBA, but the next CBA probably won't be agreed to until the transfer window uh, is near a close. And also, and they could also, you know, but they they could have to, they might have to sell a player, you know. Um, Barco's another yeah. guy that could be sold if they want to have that flexibility to bring in a big player. Like I would just think that. Frank DeBoer would want to put his stamp on the team and bring in a bring in a big time player he thinks that can can do the job as, as a designated player. So I think that the club is in a tricky situation where they don't really have the flexibility that they've had in the past with the roster. You don't have to say anything to that. I just I just want to put that out there. One more thing I wanted to put out there. Are, are, do you have anything else? That, Jeff Rowan's back joe oh yeah back as hell and that's not that surprising so continue that's all i wanted to say that was good um one to kind of just let you guys know the listeners um we are partnering with a uh brand this year and you will be hearing us talk about them on the show um it helps us do this and um you know Put our time and efforts that we that we uh, do give up to to doing this show for you guys because I think we both love to do it, but we can't really. Um, it, it, it's hard to commit to if you're getting absolutely zero back in return uh, to make it worth your time. So I'm really happy that uh, we have a, a really cool partnership that we'll tell you guys more about um, once our shows start. Uh, once we start doing shows in 2020, but uh, just want to put that out there for you guys. And we will probably, <laughs> I know that we've, um, we've definitely joked about Patreons. We've done that. Um, we may start one up because it will allow us to partner with this brand to give more stuff, like do more contests and stuff. But we kind of need uh, a resource that allows us to take donations and allow, you know, us to give stuff away. So, um, be on the lookout for more giveaways and stuff. I don't. It, we're partnering with like a clothing. Uh, it's a clothing company, and um, I actually got to meet some of them today, and it was really cool. It was a uh, very good meeting, and um, yeah, just keep an eye out for that or an ear out for it, I guess. With this being a podcast, but uh, very much looking forward to that. First off, podcasting is a visual medium. We know this. <laughs> Second off, um, there's no ethical consumption under capitalism. We also know this. Third off. Um, this brand is way cooler than we are, and we're going to make reference to that a lot. <laughs> um, and also, it will be a brand, and also it's us, so we're not going to take it too seriously. Yeah, uh, we're not going to proselytize too much. Uh, we're not going to turn in one of those kind of things. We will probably joke about it a lot. Um, and uh, you know, if look, here's a, here's a podcasting secret. Are you ready for some inside baseball shit, Joe? I'm ready. Some real deep, dirty inside baseball podcasting stuff. Um, if you are listening to a podcast, and you guys can't tell anyone I've told you this, but if you are listening to a podcast and you get to the ad part of the podcast, you can just hit this button at the bottom that skips you 15 seconds forward until you're not at the ad part of the <laughs> podcast anymore. Okay. That's yeah, great. It's a great right. feature. All the brands, uncuff your ears. You guys can come back and listen now. Um, so, yeah, we'll be doing that. Um, and hopefully that allows us to, one, 
be able to have a few more resources to uh, kind of convince us to do this a little more often, <laughs> a little more regularly, and a little more hopefully creatively. Yeah. As we kind of you know develop that and continue to develop our voice and develop the show and do some more interesting things. It definitely gives us an incentive to do more, not less. Um, and hopefully sure. this podcast, this episode sounds better than what you're accustomed to hearing from this podcast. So, uh, judging those... by what I'm hearing right now, it probably doesn't, but look, <laughs> brand, we have to stay on brand as well. And you guys <laughs> accept us, love us for who we are. Long live five strip time. I just wanted to put it out there because I feel like we, I've always just wanted to be up front and just up front with all of our listeners. And I've never wanted it to, I never wanted any compensation to come out of the listeners' pockets, especially, you know, especially like never wanted it to be like a pay for thing. So very happy that we could arrange something where we're getting something out of it that can improve the show and it's not a detriment to any of our listeners. In fact, I think we'll be able to give away a lot of things to our listeners after this um, that can benefit everybody. So yay. Capitalism? No ethical (laughs) consumption under capitalism. Eat the rich. All right, cool. Let's get out of here. All right. Bye, all. See ya.